Hello. Thank you for downloading this Downtown Hope Sermon Podcast. We're a faith-based community in the city of Annapolis, Maryland, orienting our lives around Jesus and exist to see the people of our city, region, and world thrive with the hope found in his gospel. Now, please enjoy the Sermon Podcast. Back there. And so in our time uh, in prepping for this morning's gathering, I found out he has a nickname, so that's going to be the new way I address him. That is Mr. Precision. <laughs> Mr. Precision. So uh, God bless you. Welcome to Downtown Hope. My name is David. I serve here as one of the pastors. I'm excited that we can gather together to worship the Lord uh, for the benefit of uh, to those of you who this may be your first time here. We uh, exist as a church family because we believe that Jesus is transforming lives. Uh, the abundance of God's grace extended to us. We believe that to be gospel transformation. And as a result of that transformation, we desire to see our city, uh, to see this world impacted by the reality of what God is doing in Christ. And so uh, welcome. We'd love to uh, spend time with you, get to hear your story here, how God has been, uh, just, just, how you, just your narrative, uh, what brings you today. And we love an opportunity to share a little bit more about Downtown Hope. So if you'd like to do that, as June said, uh, we have connection cards in the seat uh, in front of you or behind you. Fill these out, either leaving at the seat or dropping in the offering box. We'd love an opportunity to get to know you. Uh, as June said, and June did a great job. Man, June, God bless you, man. You, you should just do this all the time. <laughs> I could t- take a breather. Uh, but <clears throat> we are continuing in our series through Luke's Gospel. We have this Sunday and next Sunday will be in Luke chapter 15. And then we'll enter into our summer series and I'll talk about that at the end of this gathering. So we have two weeks in Luke, and then we'll uh, hit our summer series, and then we'll resume Luke in the fall. <clears throat> but I want us to jump right in to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 10 will be our passage this morning. And if you've been following along with us over the past few weeks, there's been this, uh, th- there's a party going on. And it seems like there's this huge invitation. We spoke about it several weeks ago. There's this invitation. Jesus says, enter through the narrow door. And then with that invitation, we, we learned last week that there's this great banquet, this wedding feast. So something is brewing and pride day are yearning for that day when we too can enter fully into that celebration. And in Luke chapter 15, Uh, There is a celebration that is going on, giving us a glimpse on earth what's taking place in heaven. And so there's a party, and I pray that all of us have a desire to celebrate with what the Lord is doing. So I want to read Luke chapter 15, and I'll be reading from verses 1 to 10. Luke 15, 1 to 10, it'll be behind me. It reads as follows. It says, Now the tax collectors... And sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven 
over one sinner who repents than over 99 who need no repentance. Verse 8, or what woman, having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Verse 10, just so. I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of God. Let's pray together. Almighty God, our hearts draw near to you day by day. I pray, Father, as we uh, just read over this passage, that our hearts would yearn uh, for more of you. That we, too, might find ourselves uh, drawing near to hear, drawing near to eat and to sup with you. And so, Lord, as we search the scriptures this morning, may we find Christ, and in so doing, may we find life and find it in abundance. I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so Luke chapter 15, it's not an uncommon passage. It's often talked about later on in Luke chapter 10. We'll hear the product or the parable of the prodigal or the, the father with two sons. And, and so today we have uh, the lost sheep and the lost coins. At this gathering, there are two audiences, if you will. Jesus is there, and the Bible tells us that, that the tax collectors and sinners are drawing near to hear them. And so these two categories of people, the tax collectors, they were known uh, in that day to be uh, backstabbers, to be traitors. They were in line with the oppressive regime of Rome. And so their Jewish brothers and sisters looked down upon them because their profession was to take money from their fellow Jews and give it to the Roman government that was their oppressors. And they were seen as being in an alliance with the enemy. And they are there with Jesus. Alongside of the tax collectors you have, and Luke says plainly, sinners. And so if it's not bad enough to be a tax collector and to be gathered with tax collectors, you have gathered with Jesus sinners. These are all the immoral people living any way they want. And this is very bothersome to the Pharisees and the scribes. As if I was to categorize, you have these tax collectors and sinners who the Pharisees would say, these are the outsiders. They have no business being around Jesus. I dare say they would identify themselves as the insiders. If anyone has an inside track to it'd be the Pharisees and the scribes. They, they knew the law. Their life was rooted in practicing what the Torah, what the law had prescribed. They were the good guys. In fact, they were so good that they made their life on this reality that we would separate and isolate ourselves from anyone not walking in the way. And so you have these two groups. You have the outsiders and you have the insiders. You have the tax collectors and you have the sinners and you have the Pharisees and the scribes. And they said he's welcoming them. He's eating with them. And all of a sudden in the midst of this, if you will, meal, there is grumbling taking place. Now, it's not grumbling because there's more food needed to be eaten. No, it's grumbling. That was a joke, by the way. Thank you. Michael was with me. Grumbling, you know. (laughs) they were complaining 
Because they say, they, 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 all they can think about is in the, here's the bread of life, here's Jesus, and he's eating a meal with those unclean people. And in their minds, this is very inappropriate for a rabbi, a holy man, that he should dirty themselves with their presence. See, the scribes and the Pharisees, their view of God was skewed. They, they thought that what Jesus was doing was outside of what God would normally do. Their view of God was off. And so I, I dare ask the question to you this morning, what comes to your mind when you think about God and what God does? When you think about God at work in this world, what comes into your mind? Do you think that he's for us on the inside and against those on the outside? If you do, then Luke chapter 15 is a wake-up call. It's in the context of this complaint, in the context of this grumbling, in the context of their dissatisfaction with Jesus, Jesus responds with two parables. Luke chapter 15, verses 4 through 6. Jesus says, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends, his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. See, the, the force of this parable, the challenge that pricks at our hearts is this notion that at times we treat, and Todd said this last week, we treat objects, we treat things better than we do people. That if we would lose something so precious as a sheep, we would go, we would search until we find it, and they are dissatisfied with Jesus' work. To have a hundred sheep, mean this person was wealthy and to lose one was not acceptable it's quite natural that this man would give a disproportionate amount of attention to this one lost sheep and Jesus in sharing that is getting to the heart issue that all of us know what it's like to lose something precious and in so doing we would rejoice when we find it and so that would resonate with them. Yeah, if I had sheep and I lost one, I would search. And if I found it, I would celebrate with my friends. And in verse 7, Jesus hits them with something they did not expect. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need not repent. See, no Pharisee had dreamed of a God like this. This is one of the new things that Jesus is introducing about God, that God actually searches for us. A Jewish person at that time, a Pharisee, a scribe at that time, they might have agreed that those who come crawling in humility to God might find him. But they would have never conceived of a God who went out to search for sinners. I mean, think about what that means. Why would God go out on a search for this one little soul? I mean, if it was me, why not focus on what you have, right? You got 99 good sheep, man, that is a lost cause. Forget that one. I, I'm going to keep what I got too bad, right? 
But then would you say that to a parent? Right, let's say we go to the beach. We, we, do, uh, we go on a beach trip, right? And uh, it's, let's say me and Sandra, we have two kids. And then let's say the youngest, Aaliyah, goes missing. Would it be weird if, like, Todd came up to me, Dave, I, I know Aaliyah's missing. Hey, but at least you got Mariah. <laughs> it would be absolutely insane. Even with Mariah by my side, I will not rest until I find my child. Do you not get a glimpse? Do you not scratch at the surface of God's deep love for his children? That he would leave the 99 and go after the one. But it's not just the sheep. It's the coin, verse 8. What woman... Having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does she not light a lamp and sweep the, the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the coin that I had lost. Is anyone here, have you ever lost anything of value? I find myself getting into trouble these days. I don't know what it is. I think it's just called getting old, right? I'm forgetting stuff. The, the most terrifying thing that happened, I thought I was going to be killed by my aunt. So you remember January, we went to Ghana, right? And for whatever reason, I traveled with my, well, it's a good reason, I traveled with my father and my aunt, but for whatever reason, they thought it would be a good idea to give me the money to hold as we travel. Because I have pockets, right? And my aunt gave me $4,000, all right? So we get to Ghana, and I don't know if I've shared this, but landing in Ghana, I, was, I lost my mind. I lost my passport. I took someone else's suitcase. It was just bad. Like, I'm in the parking lot getting ready to go, and the guy says, yeah, that's not your suitcase. I'm like, what is this? And then we're getting ready to leave. So yeah, is this your passport? So it was just bad. Yeah, you don't want, yeah, it's just crazy, right? So then we're on the way to the house. So I'm there, and then I'm like, okay, I got to give my aunt back her money. And I'm like, oh, no. So I look at her, it's like, auntie, yeah, I think I lost your money. You know that feeling you just felt? That's not a good feeling. <laughs> and that's what Jesus is inviting us into with this lost coin. This coin must have been of such great value to her. Do you see the urgency with which she searches for it? She sweeps. She's looking. This lost coin is of such value to this woman that she's willing to do. She's determined to find it. Nothing is going to be left unturned as she searches. She must find this coin. The good news, you're probably wondering what happened to that $4,000, right? <laughs> I found it. Yeah. Now, you know that feeling of, whew, glad you found it? That's what's taking place. You've ever searched for stuff. I mean, even if it's not valuable, it could be just something necessary, like a pair of keys to drive. If you don't have your keys and you got to get somewhere, it's It's challenging. And I don't know about what you do in your house. Like, you got to pray for Sandra in our house. When I lose something, like, it's, it's a crisis. 
Because the life cannot continue for the, for the world until I find what it can't. And I, I get really like, it's funny. She just looks at me and is like, why don't you just put it where you can always find it? Like, because that'd be too much like writing. Why, why do that? But, but here's this woman searching us. So all of us have had this experience at one time or another. We know what it's like to search for something you need. Friends, it feels helpless. When it's not there, when it should be there. Looking under seats, looking under pillows, looking, looking everywhere. And Jesus knows the human nature and understands such moments. And he uses that to pull us in and once again describes the relief of finding that coin, the joy of finding that. And he says, so it is in heaven. First, so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. You see, the Pharisees, they, they had a, a poor view of God. And I dare say, many of us are often haunted by an image of a distant God. An image of a God that is difficult to please. So many of us live our lives under this burden, waiting to perform, to do the right thing. Because if not, we believe God is just going to hammer down on us. That we must be absolutely perfect before him. And so we are burdened and we're haunted by that. But if that's the view of God that we have, friends, that is just not true. You look at the shepherd, you look at this woman, and it gives us a glimpse into the God who searches for his people. You see, Jesus paints a, a, a different picture of God. I mean, how many of us live our lives thinking that we are the most insignificant people? How many of us live our lives defined by the mistakes of yesterday? And we believe God views us in the same way. Jesus says no. Our hardships, our, our bad decisions do not need to define us. Love poured out in, in searching after the lost. This is what we read, read earlier, right? In Ezekiel 34, when all leadership fails, Ezekiel 34, God says, I myself, I will be the shepherd to find my own. And earlier we sang some phenomenal songs. I, I love hymns. How many of you just like hymns? Just a good hymn. Just, it just gets to the inside, you know? Like your soul starts bubbling up. And you, and you who never could sing, all of a sudden you could sing. <laughs> right? Oh, how marvelous, how wonderful. I love that. You, you read this passage of a, a sinner that has come to faith in Jesus Christ. You read of this lost sheep that is found. You read of this lost coin that is now found. You can't help but think of the one hymn that talks about lost and being found. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And if you know anything about that hymn, how many of you know that hymn, right? It's, it's, it's often sung. For, you know, for whatever reason, we sing them at funerals. But it's a song of celebration. It's a song of rejoice with me. I that was lost am now found. And what I'm now doing on earth is demonstrating to you the reality in the heavens that God and the angelic hosts are celebrating. And so we now to have a play. How many of you like to party? Just, just who, who are my party people? 
or you just just like to just just you think all I do is this I like to party I'm sorry I just you throw a good tune on give me a nice bass I'm dancing <laughs> right but one of the things that's fascinating to me is we live in this apartment the Maris right behind the double T uh, and it's not fun when other people are having a party <laughs> especially when you're not invited to it but you hear it right you're like what's all this noise for and, and this past week, it was funny, on, uh, there's a Facebook group, and it's often funny what some people post. Someone posts, hey, there must be a bowling alley set up. In my, it, was, it must have been that loud. Because the challenge is when you hear all this noise and you don't know what the commotion is, it's bothersome to you, right? And so there's this party going on, there's all this noise, and here you are trying to get rest and relaxation, re- relaxation and you don't know why there's this, all this fuss. That's what's taking place in Luke chapter 15. Jesus is celebrating. He's welcoming people that the Pharisees thought were unlikely uh, people to be invited. And they're on the outside looking in, and they don't like this. They don't know why this celebration is going on. Right? So we talk about amazing grace. I once was blind, but now I see. One of the mistakes I made when I sang that song was I believed it to be something that I was done. I once was lost. And now I'm fine. Been there, done that. I'm good. But we know that's not true. We know that our life is constantly lived out in this state of at times being lost. And so as I read Luke chapter 15, one of the things that I got to remind myself, Luke chapter 15 isn't just a parable about those people outside being found. Because what do we see? The, The sheep that was lost was part of the fold in the beginning, right? The, the coin that was lost was part of, it was, it was in her possession. And so what if Luke chapter 15 is a call to those on the inside that oftentimes find themselves lost? That Luke chapter 15 is a reminder to us that there are times in life where difficulties come. There are times in life when we are disappointed. There are times in life where we feel like, I have no idea what's going on. And the best way to sum it up is I I just feel lost. And what if Luke chapter 15 is a reminder that even those on the proverbial inside are being sought out by a God who is filled with great love. So lostness isn't just an experience exclusive for not yet Christians. Lostness happens to God's people. Lostness happens when within the beloved community of God, lostness happens daily. And so many of us this morning woke up feeling lost. And the same gut pain when we lose something of great value. Jesus paints a picture for us that might find ourselves in the midst of feeling lost of a God that searches high and searches low. A God that sweeps and looks. There's not a moment in your life where you're on your own. And that is good news that we might face the difficulties of life, and when no one cares to think of us, 
Luke 15 says, but we are invited to eat with him. We're invited to draw near to him. That is the great news of the gospel. And at last, when God finds what he's looking for, when God finds you and finds me, he cannot contain the joy that wells up on the inside. And so he invites the whole neighborhood to an incredible party. The angels surrounding the throne are celebrating. And for this reason, we too can celebrate in song that says amazing grace, amazing grace, amazing grace. And so as we read Luke chapter 15, may it be a reminder to us that there are times in life where we fall off, where we are disappointed, when we are just wrecked. But it's in those moments that there is a God who is searching for you. There is a God who's searching for me. And he invites us to draw near to him. And that's what we're going to do in a few few minutes as we come to the table. So let's bow our heads as I invite the worship team back. As we meditate this morning, I want to invite you to also, when you get home, read Ezekiel 34, where you hear of God being that shepherd that searches for his. And my hope and my prayer that as we meditate on God this morning, we would do so with the inclination that he seeks his own. And that even today we can sing with great passion, with great joy of his amazing grace. And so, Father, we are yours. Thank you that you found us. Father, much like a sheep that doesn't know its way back to its master, much like a coin that can do nothing to find itself back into the possession of an owner, there are times in life, Lord, where we are just lost with no answer for a return. Thank you, Lord, that in our helplessness, you're there to rescue us. And so, Lord, help us rejoice in what you do. I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.